Welcome to Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, CEO of ACD. Hi, everyone. Ernie Bray here with another episode of Focus on Claims. And today we're going to do something a little different. I wanted to do a show that would kind of give independent appraisers out there who are running their own businesses some tips, some tricks, some things that they can focus on that if they do, will set themselves up for success. Because today I have guest Michael Collins, my VP here today. Mike, great to have you on. Thank you, Ernie. Thanks for having me on. Hey, and you know what? We were putting our heads together talking about, you know what? What can we do to sort of give some tips to appraisers to give them sort of the inside of what clients are looking for? I mean, we talked to hundreds of claims managers, VPs, and different insurance companies, and third-party administrators, and everybody out there in the industry and going to conferences. We all hear about what they're looking for. And I think a lot of times we all kind of know on the surface what people are looking for when it comes to quality and what they want from a field appraisal. But I also think sometimes in, in, the, li in the life that we're living, we sort of lose sight of the core fundamentals that are essential to be successful. So what we want to do here is go through 11 key tips that if you excel in these areas, you are going to be in a position to set yourself up for success in your individual business. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to jump right in and start off with these tips. And we're going to give you our thoughts and our kind of our, our mindset behind it to help give you some information. So I'm going to jump in. Number one, the most important thing is when you are getting an assignment, you are the face of that customer. And Mike, go ahead and lead into and talk a little bit about your thoughts behind that. That's right. You are the face of the, uh, in, for that customer. So you are representing not only ACD in this case, but you're also representing the insurance carrier who sent that assignment. This customer went through a life interruption. And the, and the one thing that's important is that human touch. And you folks are that human touch that could help this claim move forward um, as we talk through these next uh, few points. To yep. make that happen. Yeah. And when, when, when we talk about face of the customer, think about this. In today's day and age, with straight through processing that's being pushed, and you have a, a lot of times adjusters are very busy. They're, they're very much overloaded. A lot of times you're the only person they'll ever actually see. They may talk to an adjuster. Many times they may not even talk to an adjuster. Believe it or not, there might be times they have difficulty. It might just be an email communication or phone messages back and forth. So when you're that professional out there in person, that interaction goes a long way to the representation of that insurance company, TPA, whatever it is. So make sure you're at the top of your game when it comes to professionalism, because that is how when you build a great reputation, you can go far because people will know you as a person that you can go to, the go-to person in your area. That's very key. All right, I'm going to jump in to number two about making owner contact when you get an assignment. When you get an assignment sent to you, that initial contact is so vital because a lot of times when the adjuster sends the assignment over to be dispatched out, that customer now is, is entering kind of what I call a moment of uncertainty. They've been told that somebody is going to contact them. Somebody's going to make contact within 24 hours because that's the standard. If you're not making owner contact in 24 hours, then that's going to set the claim up in a bad position because the owner's going to be, when somebody can contact me? And the faster, the better, right, Mike? 
That's right. So you got to remember, they're, they're going to remember the last thing. The last thing is from their insurance carrier that an assignment was sent out and somebody's going to be reaching out to them. Uh, so it's very important when you do receive that assignment and is to make that phone call. And when do you make that phone call is also important. And I would do that and encourage and recommend within two to three hours. So let's get that phone call because that is the start of the claim. It keeps everybody on the same page and it ensures that this vehicle owner who had this life interruption knows that they are in the right hand and that's you. Exactly. Great, great point. All right, we're going to jump into to point number three. Communicate any potential issues quickly to those that need to know. Go ahead and take up. Take a, go ahead and take that's, that. One. Yeah, it, it's very important, I get, and it attaches to that initial contact. A lot of times, again, these are life interruptions, so customers like to speak. They, you can also listen and hear them. Um, in addition to that, they're going to go may go through the accident details, and sometimes they may end up bringing up an inquiry, which may not, yep. which will require additional steps and questions in order to get those answers. So the more you are able to gain up front, you could get the, uh, the adjuster on the phone or reach out to the adjuster, get the answers that you need, um, communicate to the uh, carrier um, about anything that may develop uh, that comes from that inspection or that, or that call. So just make sure if something yeah. does develop, get in front of it. Let's not wait. Don't wait. Yeah, for you're, you're right. You're right. It, it, and totally. And when you think about potential issues that could be out there these days, I was just thinking the other day, you hear about these um, supply chain issues and part ordering and back orders. And I mean, let's say you get wind of there's a, the vehicle owner's car is at a shop and the shop has parts on back order for two weeks and the car can't be repaired. Information like that, if it's conveyed to the adjuster, the vehicle owner, it eliminates the concern about what's going on. And, and yes, that's out of the ordinary. But if everybody knows, they're going to be less apt to be upset and calling people confused because everybody's on the same page. So when you see um, potential issues arising that could be coming down the line, let people know. Very important. Goes right to the communication. All right, I'm going to jump into number four. This goes to quality of work. Do good work. Do good quality. It seems so basic, but that can eliminate a lot of problems, can't it, Mike? That's right. So quality starts from the day that you receive that assignment from the contacts. Quality is just not based on the estimates. It's also the quality of how you interact in front of that with that customer. Yep. So you have that interaction with that initial contact. You're going to have that interaction with that customer at a residence. You're still going to have an interaction with that customer, whether it's at a tow yard or body shop. And during that interaction and that estimate that you do complete that all plays part of that quality package that we're going to send back to that adjuster and it should tell the story yep and the quality really comes down to doing all the things that that client has in their guidelines making sure you're taking the photographs you're doing what they sent over when it comes to their specific requirements maybe they need some extra photographs taken of the rear bumper or they need to have the interior documented correctly documented do those things and make sure you're reading the assignment. Make sure you're giving the quality of what that client requested. You're delivering on that. And that ultimately leads to a great quality product and eliminates a lot of phone calls in the end coming back to you. Eliminates a lot of the questions that could be generated. Now, this takes us to the next tip, documenting your inspection, telling the story. Every claim has a story. Every loss has a story. 
Right, Mike? That's right. Every claim does have its story, and it's up to you to tell that story in words so that this gets back to the adjuster. So you kind of, in a sense, the best way to vision this is to place them in that point that you were in. Um, and that story, what should that story include? That should, that should include maybe there's a, additional information results re, about the loss that the adjuster needs to know about. Maybe there's additional information about that certain vehicle that may be a borderline so that the client may need to make a decision whether it's a repairability or not. The documentation should relate to that claim. Now, does that mean that documentation should include what the details of the estimate? No, unfortunately, what we want to do is get away from that habit because they already know what's on the estimate. They see that the bumper is damaged. They see that in photos. They see that in documentation. So the story should be your summary of the entire inspection from beginning to end. Exactly. And telling the story really is also about what could be potentially damaged. See, a lot of times, if you know, you want to write for the vehicle damage that you can see. You document that, and you document what also could be potentially coming once a teardown is done. So the adjuster's not blindsided. Also, if there's aspects of the actual inspection or the claim that, like Mike said, come up in conversation or up during your inspection, by documenting that, that will eliminate a lot of questions later on where adjusters end up having to call or a claims manager's calling and why was this included or why wasn't it? If you do things that need an explanation, make sure it's explained in those summary notes. That is so key because that will actually make the, your job easier and also keep everybody else informed. It's about documentation. Now, I'm going to jump over to a next tip. Now, you, you, I'm sure you guys kind of noticed that this is all about communication. A lot of this in this world is communication. Good communication can eliminate a lot of problems. But this goes now to statusing files. Statusing is, I would say, one of the most important things that goes on in this process for field appraisers because it's keeping people informed. What's the status? And Mike, what's your sort of thoughts on how appraisers should status? We're, already, we're always going to encourage a status every 48 hours. Every two days seems to be the right mark to keep everybody informed at adjuster level and vehicle owner um, level. So, look, you got to remember, the owner saw that you were at the inspection. You inspected the car. Now, there could be other merits there that is preventing you to complete that claim because you're, you're making additional steps to get that estimate complete, right? Mm -hmm. It could be parts, it could be a diagnostic, it could be all sorts of merits out there. Um, so keeping everybody informed until you complete that assignment and documenting that communication um, is very important throughout the whole claim process. Yep, it's very, very, very vital. And if you can do that, that will eliminate, I would say, I'm gonna venture to say about 75% of your phone calls. All right, now the next key tip is you've seen the vehicle, you've done your inspection, you've done all the great customer service. That's great. But now it's providing that customer with next steps. Now, I'm sure the adjuster at a high level is already kind of given a workflow to that vehicle owner of how their claim is going to progress. But now that you've seen the vehicle based on client guidelines, whether you give a copy to that owner or you have it sent back to the adjuster's auditing team, whatever it is, this is where you need to explain to the uh, to the vehicle owner what the next steps are. 
Now, sometimes they may not even know who their adjuster is or the contact information. I always like to ask, hey, do you, do you have your adjuster's contact information? Do you need that? Sometimes they'll say, yes, you can provide the phone number, the email address and all that of the adjuster. You can also let them know what you're going to do. Like you, you're going to write up your estimate. You're going to provide it to the adjuster. The adjuster then will call them within 24 hours if that's the case. But lay out the steps because that helps remove those moments of uncertainty and gives that vehicle owner a, a plan, a path of where that claim's going. Anything else you want to add on that, Mike? Yeah, and again, it's just more reiterating exactly what you said. So I, I think sometimes we may, we know usually what the next steps are. I think the opportunity here is to ensure that the customer understands right. what the next steps are. Um, and all this falls back to client procedures. Every client is different. Understanding your client, again, a very important thing to talk about on another key point, but relative to the next steps to that vehicle owner. They yep. don't know. They're looking to you to tell them what those next steps are, whether it's calling the adjuster after that inspection, whether the vehicle requires a disassembly for repair yep. uh, or diagnostic. What are those next steps? You, and those, up to you to make that informed. You're that yeah, and those steps could be something as simple as the fact that like, even if you don't know the answer, simply say, you know what? I don't know, but I'll let okay. you, okay. I'll get you in contact with the adjuster. I'll, I'll have, they can help you out. And sometimes that's enough that they can feel like, Hey, you know what? They know where they can go to. They can go to their adjuster. Cause that that's adjuster. Right. Will, yeah. It's okay to say, I don't know. Right. But exactly. It, the, next, the next step to that statement is let me find out for you. Exactly. All right. Now we're going to talk about something that's, it seems like these tips keep getting more and more important all the time because all of them are important, but it's about keeping your promise. When you say something, you have to be a person of your word. And Mike, go ahead and tell me a little bit about that, your thoughts. Absolutely. So keeping your promise, what you tell the customer, let's make sure you deliver that promise. And here's a couple of examples, appointments, right? If you provide an appointment and you give them a certain range that you're going to be there or at times, then stick to that. And listen, if something happens, uh, there could be an accident, something shut down on the highway, call the customer, don't leave them hanging. Uh, keeping your promise is making sure you deliver on your promise. Right. So with that, you know, if you're telling the adjuster, I'm going to get this estimate complete, get that estimate complete. Avoid See, using excuses. You excuses don't, don't work today. You know, and I want to add to this. See, if you want to grow your business as an appraiser, you want to be the go-to person. By keeping your promise, you will move up in people's eyes of a person they can count on. Keeping your promise, like we said, is you're going to be there on time to see the inspection. You're going to get the appraisal done at a certain time. You know, set those expectations realistically, but do what you say you're going to do. Don't be somebody that says, hey, I'll have this uploaded tonight, and it's three days later, and you still haven't done it. Keeping your word can help you grow your business, and it creates a <laughs> reputation. That's right, because everything that you're telling the customer is very similar to what you're telling the adjuster to. So let's make sure you deliver on what you're promising. Um, and if there's something does develop where you're unable to deliver that promise, make sure you call and keep them informed. They yep. look to you. Again, you are the face exactly. and representing all of us. Yep. All right. Now I want to talk about as an appraiser, you probably work for multiple companies. You work for different appraisal firms. You work for, maybe you work for yourself and you work for whatever. Let me tell you about this. If you want to grow your business, you got to build relationships. And the relationships are key because a lot of things, a lot of times people, you know, you may be on a vendor network, 
But if you don't update your profile, or you don't keep the people who dispatch claims up to date where areas you cover, you could be losing out on a ton of business you may not realize you could get. So making sure you're communicating and building those relationships because, hey, all of a sudden there may be a 15, cl 15 claims come in all of a sudden in your area and you happen to call and like, wow, hey, could you do this? And you might just get a bunch of a work you never realized you could have got or you might refresh somebody's memory. Don't you agree that that communication with the vendor network dispatchers is, and, and recruiting is so important? Absolutely. You got to keep those open communications and, and, and have those conversations. Um, look, this is your business. You're the, you are the entrepreneur and you want to get out there. And I'll tell you that just the key pointers that we went over could either make you shine or you, it, it, it creates opportunity. Um, so with that being said, you know, check in, check in with your partners, check yep. in with the clientele. I like calling it taking temperatures, right? You want to, you want to make sure they are aware that you are there and ready to serve them and execute on these expectations. Exactly, Mike. All right. We're down to the last two. And I'm looking at my list here. It is about being professional in all of your interactions. I can't emphasize the importance of professionalism in this industry. You have to be a person to present yourself in a professional manner to that customer. Like we talked about earlier, you're, you're the face oftentimes, the only people they, uh, the customer may see. So you got to make sure all your interactions are professional. And Mike, give me some of the, your, your thoughts on that process. Look, customers, uh, adjusters, your partners, they all could hear what, how, how you're feeling over that phone. They could hear if you're angry. They could hear that something's going on. If you don't put that full attention to that conversation, whether it's a phone call or interaction at an inspection, they'll see right through you. Yeah. And, and, and it's very important that you keep that clear mind. And look, we work in claims. It's not an easy task. That if you think about it, the customers are already upset just for the fact that if they have a life interruption, they're upset and angry and mad. They want to get through this and they're looking for you to happen. But if they see that you're also upset and mad, you kind of lose that. And uh, if you lose that interaction, it, it can be seen um, by all. And that yeah. could be seen in writing. That could be seen in a simple phone call. Oh, uh, you're not, not going to be interacting on video calls such as we're doing on this. So they're going to be able to hear and they're going to be able to see uh, what your emotion looks like on the other side of that phone. Right. And, and I'll add to that, too. I mean, a, a lot of times, you know, maybe a client has a revision request or they want something fixed on an estimate. Maybe they know more. Maybe the adjuster has more information on the claim than you do. And they ask you to remove something that's not related and you think it is. Instead of getting upset and, and, get, and getting grumpy about it, the better way to go is to try to maybe get the parties involved and ask the questions and, and really, truly try to communicate. And, and there can be a frustration. I understand that many times, but always keep those like those interactions very professional because a lot of times maybe we don't all have the full part of the story. And a lot of times just a simple phone call or a simple you know question can really uh, go a long way to solving that problem. Absolutely. And just to add to that, I mean, folks, we are in claims. Things are going to happen. Things are going to develop. That new information that you probably capture probably changed the aspect and direction of that repair, hence the revision request, you know. Yep. Um, so look, it, it's part of the game. Um, and what we could do is find ways, innovative ways uh, to 
what can we do to lessen the revisions? Maybe, right. maybe it's a client procedure thing, right? So did you, do you know that insurance company? Are you recognizing the client procedures provided in order to complete that estimate? So guys, uh, I think for those that uh, we have spoken onto our own roster, you know, we talk about and we review Autolink and we go through the client procedure. So become right. familiar with your client because exactly. that's important, not only as a uh, third party, uh, but also for your business. Very key. All right. We're down to the last tip that I'm going to give here. And it is about building your skill sets in a changing world. We all know that there's AI automation. There's the push to straight through processing that we talked about earlier, but I am a huge believer in the human aspect of this business. And I'm a believer on the people such as yourself out there in the field who do the work every day and the knowledge and expertise that you have. And one way to really grow your business, and I think for the future, is to continue to grow your skill sets. If you're only doing one type of estimating, consider getting more training, growing your knowledge, expanding into other areas. Maybe you're a great auto appraiser, but you don't know heavy equipment, or you don't know boats, or you don't know motorcycles. Consider growing your skills to make yourself even more um, have value beyond one skill set. Because I'm a huge believer in always growing your skills. And Mike, that is powerful. Don't you agree? It's very powerful, Ernie. It, it, when it comes down to self-development, that's a daily thing. It, it, it starts today, right? It started mm -hmm. yesterday. And as a business owner, you definitely want to look and diversify your business. And keeping it at one business level, uh, maybe not, maybe something that you might want to recheck and rethink about. Um, yes, going into different business lines, there is an investment. There's an investment of the education itself. There's the investment of systems and other elements to for well, you to complete that. But the ROI is there, folks. It's definitely there. Um, and uh, self-developing into new business lines will not only help your business to grow in revenue, but how much more you can service your partners. Well, just think about this. They could, if you were considering, maybe you could offer desk estimating solutions. Maybe you don't want to get off the, out of the field a little bit and diversify that and offer up some desk estimating. You know, there's a lot of opportunity. Right. There. Everybody's different, right? Every business structure is different. And that's why I always encourage everyone that's, uh, that's on our roster is say, Hey, have you really took a peek at your business where you want to see it within five or 10 years? Let's work this together. And, and as partners, hell, we we're, were probably going that same direction. Exactly. So that kind of sums up our 11 tips. And I hope this helps you out. We, we really enjoyed being able to sort of give you some of our insight. And if you ever have any questions and you want to know a little bit about, you know, things that might be able to improve your business, hey, got the entrepreneurial heart here at ACD. And we're happy to talk to you. If you're not a member of our network right now, hey, feel free to reach out, talk to Michael Collins, reach out to myself on LinkedIn. And we're happy to start a conversation with you, you know, just casual conversation, talk about the business, the industry, and anything like that. I'm sure, Mike, you, anytime they can reach out to you as well. Uh, and that is very true. The one thing at uh, ACD, uh, everyone here is available. So feel free to make a phone call. I, we look forward to hearing from you. And guys, I just want to add one more piece to all this. Be accountable for your actions. And accountability is could go both ways. It's 
accountability of the great things that you do. And it's taking accountability for things that happens or in claims. So accountability and transparency is also a key ingredient to all this. Uh, so we look forward to speaking to you. Uh, the numbers will show up at the end of this video and uh, make it happen out there, guys. You got it. All right. It was great having this, uh, this conversation. And thanks for joining us for this episode of Focus on Claims. All right. See ya. This has been Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, President and CEO of ACD.